Welcome to Romancing the Dungeon, a softcore D&D podcast. While everyone else is looking for glory, treasure, and power, our adventurers are on the greatest quest of all, to find true love. So join Thane, Fia, Nathaniel, and Hephaesta as they put their hearts on the line. Last time in Romancing the Dungeon. So we all ended up in the sleeping bee and we found Eugenia's brother, Norris Flatstone, kind of passed out in his stew, which wasn't great. But we figured from him that he uh, he was extremely jealous of his sister and he wanted to end poor Nate and Eugenia's love story, which was really, really sad and really mean and really cruel. And Nate, like the big romantic he is, went r- running out the door straight after to try and fight Eugenia. Only for me to be knocked unconscious, which wasn't great. But the boys came back, which is good, which is good, which is good. We found out she was being kept in a convent uh, called the Convent of Devotion and Purity. So we all set out in a wagon with Norris tied up to get there and try and find her. I was really surprised when we arrived there. Everyone was so friendly and so nice. Um... Cain didn't seem impressed by them at all. He then told me they were sketchy and we should watch out. Um, Nate had a change of heart. He started really falling for Ardish, one of the leaders of the church, which I thought was very sketchy considering how much he professed his love for Eugenia in the first place. So we left him and Hephaesta with Ardish and Lilu, and Thane and I went searching around trying to find Ariel, um, Giles' wife, and also see if we could find Eugenia too. We found Ariel. Um, and then... My tongue found the back of Thane's throat. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you, were, you were doing so well. You were here right up to that point. A real coming together of a, a <laughs> tongue. <laughs> and <Yeah>. spit. <laughs> It's just so weird having to do the in- the intro again after so long. That's so so weird, it's it's really it, like so right. Mm. Thank you, yeah. thank you. I worked hard on that. Do you listen to the podcast? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> you bitch! Are you actually listening to this shit? <laughs> <laughs> Are you lonely, miserable, or just plain horny? Well, you've taken the first steps to solving your problems. At least your dating ones. Welcome to D8. Devoted, desired, dreamy or dirty. Dapper dates for dejected daters. My name is Roz Graypurse, founder, CEO, and love wizard, and author of the YA romance novel series, The Horny Games. A sexy young tabaxi takes on a drab dystopian society which seeks to dampen her flames of passion. Part two, scratching desire coming soon. To get started, please fill out the attached questionnaire. Question seven. How would you describe your kissing technique? I would describe my kissing technique. It starts out loving and tender and delicate and then becomes fiery and filled with passion. Can I write in on my form that I hate Fia's answer? <laughs> <laughs> like, don't match me with that person. Fia's answer sounds like a, 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 a commercial for tortilla chips and, <laughs> and tampons got confused. I was, try- I was trying to go for the romance love novel lines that are usually written. Okay. <laughs> Hi everyone, and welcome to Thane's Tidbits, and all you need to know about Thane's kissing technique 
is the exact same as his technique in committing to a bit that he decided to do seven months ago and is still going strong today. It's commitment and it's good and that's it. I think kisses should be hot. I think they should start warm and heat up and I don't want anyone to get burned, but I just, you know, I like to heat things up a little bit. My general tactic is to go about 90% of the way. I'll let them come the last 10%. Then I like to... <laughs> Excuse me, I'm speaking. <laughs> okay. Then what I do is I'll hold my mouth open against theirs, sort of fish style, and then wait for them to put their tongue in. Because I'm a big believer in getting things started, but letting the other person do all of the work. <laughs> There's Can you always... imagine somebody coming to kiss you like that? They're just like, uh. <laughs> <laughs> There's so much to unpack there and we don't have the time, which is funny because it's a podcast. I just kind of see it, you know, like, you know, um, and this is this is for our Catholic listeners. You know, when you're getting uh, the, the communion wafer and you're like. I also just forgot that this is a, not a visual medium. So I just sat there with my eyes closed and my tongue out. <laughs> Beautiful. We begin with Fia Thane and uh, Ariel uh, wrapped in a a three-way lover's tryst of tongues uh, and spit. Yeah, um, beautiful. And no, it's not. <clears throat> yeah, do you the, do you want to give me Constitution savings first? Yeah, I yeah. do. Okay, <laughs> an unnatural twenty. Okay. okay. Uh, oh, that's an eight. So Fia, it's sort of the. You feel kind of someone bite your tongue a little bit and the the pain kind of snaps you out of it uh, and you suddenly kind of find yourself uh, one arm sort of like cupping things left butt cheek. Uh, the other arm like disappeared up Ariel's back. You're just, you're, your mouth is sore and it's that sort of, you know when you ever kissed a guy with a beard and you get that kind of beard, you've kind yeah. of got a bit of beard rash um, <laughs> or stubble rash more than anything else. As you kind of pull back, you kind of, you, you take in what's happening, and it is not a dream. You've you've been making out with a thane, your your newfound traveling companion, and Ariel Giles' wife, who you were sent here to rescue. <laughs> the two of them are still very much at it. Okay, I like in shock. I kind of push away as far as I possibly can from the two of them, backing up as far as I can in this little room away from them. Okay, amidst the sound of <laughs> uh, you've. You kind of take in the space around you and you're in a a somewhat kind of large square storeroom. There are wall-to-wall shelves, kind of uh, like aisles, almost like kind of a, like a supermarket kind of thing. There's aisles of shelves the whole way down this room. Uh, and at the very back of it, you just see um, some locked cupboards and a desk. And on the other side of the room, you see... <laughs> yes, you see... Um, what it can only be described as a renaissance painting. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Lovely. I suppose I'm going to kind of try and look around the room, see if there's anything I can use to help this situation with the other two, because... Define help. Yeah, so I want to kind of like look around at the cupboards and the desk and see if there's anything there that can... Okay, give me a um, an investigation check. That's a six. Okay, so it's just the, the shelves are stacked with like your generic supplies, you know, there's... Uh, bottles, some of which you, you you kind of you'd knocked over. There's boxes of, of various different things. You don't quite see anything that, like you don't like, you don't you don't see a bucket of ice cold water to throw over them. Effectively, yeah, yeah. Um, there is a bucket uh, and a mop sticking into it, but that's about the only thing in here that you like without actually like 
under, completely understanding what's on the shelves. You, you're not you're not sure what you th- what you could throw at them that would that would help. Yeah, I guess I'm gonna just try and go back and try and like pry them apart and be like, guys, stop, stop this! What's going on? Stop! Neither neither of them are are responsive to you. Like they're just hands through hair. Like everyone's still fully clothed. Uh, I don't think we made that clear. No, we really didn't. I had something very different. (laughs) You're just kissing for the love of God. Uh, Yeah, (laughs) for now. I take things. Um, (laughs) Can I smack Thane on the back of the head? Yeah, sure. I like that. Just like go like open palm on the back of the head. Just be like, snap out of it. Give me a, just a a D4 for an unarmed strike. Two. Okay. But you do get a kind of a a slap straight on the back of your head. How does, how how would Thane react to that in the throes of this? I mean, normal Thane who's not, you know, like under a strange love potion. Who knows? It's anyone's guess, but um, seeing as I'm just... Surprise punch. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Sometimes you just have to deal with it, you know, it's it's the job. Can I... Do another constitution roll? Would that help me? Give or? me a, a wisdom saving throw with advantage this time. Oh, out. cool. Um, okay, that's a, that's a 19. Yeah. Um, very much. It, it's that sort of... It's that sort of smack that your friend gives you, you know, when you're you're talking a little bit too much drunk talk. Yeah. Um, and, and yeah, it, it, it sort of knocks some sense into you. And as you kind of pull back, you do see that, like, Ariel's face is red with that sort of stubble rash. And your face is a little bit wet. She's not a good kisser. And, yeah, as you kind of pull her back, it, you have vague, a vague recollection of something breaking. A really, really sickly, sweet, intoxicating smell, uh, like a vapor. And then just making out hard with this woman. And as you kind of take in the room around you, you see... Ariel is still kind of struggling and is still she still seems a little bit like she's under the influence of this. But you look over at Fia, who is completely red in the face, like her cheeks are blushing and her mouth is also rashy from stubble. Hi, why'd you hit me? We were caught under a love potion. We need to kind of okay, hit knock her. her okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to hit a woman. Can I just smack her? Okay, yeah. <laughs> All right, you can. Can I roll for mop? Yes, you can go get the mop. Fuck yes. Uh, I got a three on a d4. Okay, so you find the mop, and as you come back <laughs> with job. it, like sort of mop head upwards. Yeah, it is dripping, and the the water is cold and, and pungent. Um, you kind of approach and go and give her this, and you just see that um, Fia has kind of given her that sort of awakening slap as well, and she kind of comes to her senses, and she's just kind of like, "What's going on?" We... You started kissing this mop, and that's why your face is all wet, and we thought there was something wrong with you, but now you're fine. Don't worry about it. Tane, stop lying. We we, oh. we we knocked over a potion or something in I'm here. I'm pretty sure it was you. We knocked over a potion or something in here, and we all started making out with each other uncontrollably, so I just kind of smacked everyone out of it. Uh, I'm sorry, but who... Who are you and where are we? We're in a convent. We came here to find you. Your husband Giles is worried about you. You see kind of um, a, a, a look of kind of fear and even anxiety kind of wash over her a little bit. How I, 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 I don't remember. And she kind of, she winces kind of with a little bit of, like, as she kind of tries to reflect on, on, on what was happening. Come on, I, Ariel, don't you remember the sleeping bee, his lovely buff that he would make for you every, every day in the sleeping bee where you live with your husband, child, whom you presumably love? 
because he wants to get you back. And I kind of shake her a little. Um, but not too much. Yeah. <laughs> remember! That's how it works. The harder you shake amnesiac people, the more they remember you. you just got to shake that. those memories loose. I mean, like, it worked with babies. So like, <laughs> you just treat them like a magic eight ball. Just like, do you remember? Nate's not babysitting yet. service is now available. <laughs> Ask again later. <laughs> yeah, it's that sort of comforting rock, we'll say, that you kind of yeah. just sort of... You you That's what you kind of grip her arms and shoulders a little bit, and um, you you kind of see tears fill her eyes and kind of just sting the edges, and she's just, I, I came here to d- deliver some food and supplies. I, I I remember they did something to me. There's. There's something here. And we cut back to Hephaesta and a very unconscious Nate uh, in the uh, private chambers of Lilu and Ardat. Um, Hephaesta, you are standing there with the succubus and incubus in their revealed forms and Nate uh, lying passed out on uh, one of the couches in their office. Yes, I am. Right, so this looks bad, and before I say anything, I am immediately going to cast a Fey Presence. Uh, each creature within a 10-foot cube has to make a Wisdom saving throw against my save DC. Okay, what's your spell save DC? It is... Look at us getting all technical on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> it's the bare minimum. It's the bare minimum. It's what? 12. Okay. <laughs> Shut up. Um, let I'm me trying, just... okay? I'm just a little warlock. <laughs> It's so good, it's so good. Can you describe the spell? So if they fail, they are charmed or frightened by me until the end of my next turn. It's my choice, which they feel. So Ardus has failed. Okay. And Lilu has passed. So are you scared of me. So Ardut had kind of had been holding Nate and then put him down on the couch in the last episode. Uh, Lilu had tried to ensnare you. There's this sort of dueling force of magic between the both of you. It completely drowns Ardut. And he, on, on looking at you, he just winces. And he kind, he's now kind of kind of ducking behind Nate. Uh, and sort of like, oh, no. And he's, he's kind of holding him as well. And that kind of like, oh, he'll save me. He's unconscious. Uh, uh, <laughs> Why do we keep doing visual gags? It doesn't work it doesn't on a podcast. Guys, you should really see this funny stuff Declan is doing. As she pushes her her charm on you, you push back, uh, and both just wash away. What your hands are? Shut up, son! <laughs> on seeing you, kind of brush off her charm, and you instantly recognize that your magic has not affected her either. She, it's not that she retreats or or, or, or anything, but she, she, she kind of stops uh, and. You see her in this form. Her her skin is sort of burnt red from hoof to, to horn. And her tail is kind of spindling around her. And she just leans onto the other couch opposite you. And you just see these two black taloned hands just sort of grip the board of the couch. And she just, she leans in. <clears throat> well, well, well. Looks like this little warlock has some magic of her own. Who sent you? It's not important. We came to find Nate's wife. No one sent us. We came on our own. 
she's not here. So you could have... So we can go then. Well, you've seen a little too much, I'm afraid. I didn't make you show me any of this. It's not a matter of fault. And she kind of looks down at Ardeth. I don't believe you when you say you came here looking for Nate's wife. Who... What woman would marry that oaf? I asked myself the same question, but love acts in mysterious ways and I cannot control the bad decisions other women make. Oh, have I struck a chord, Vesta? No. Definitely not. Hmm. You can give me a deception check. She's going to give an insight check. Eleven. Okay. She sort of runs, she, she moves around the couch and just kind of runs one hand along the back of it. And she takes a seat opposite you. Uh, she places both hands on her lap. She looks at Nate and then she looks back at you. I'm getting the impression that you and this funny little man have a history. Would that be fair to say, Hephaesta? What of it? I just... You strike me as a woman who, who knows herself. We all make mistakes when we're young. We do, but most of us don't carry those mistakes around us like a puppy on a leash. If you had any sense at all, you would have taken him to the deepest, darkest corners of the woods and left him there. But no, you burden yourself like some sort of victim. I'd almost feel bad for you if it wasn't just so... Pathetic. I'll just blast this bitch. Yes, yes, yes. Oh my gosh. Right in the face. (laughs) Right in the face. (laughs) Ooh, 15. Plus whatever your spell attack is. Plus my four, sorry, 19. The 15 would have hit anyway because it was just on the money. Really hard. Um, So you roll for damage? Yes, I do. So that is 11. Wow. Holy crap. Okay. As that word just eeks. Out of her, are you just? It does. It's almost like smoke parting from her mouth. It just it stings, and something about it just. There's an anger about Nate that you you keep way day oh, way 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 down, wait. and this just erupts uh, like a fire within you. What color is you? Is it purple and black? I think you went. Or yeah, like a blue black. Yeah, blue black. It just you. Your entire body is just engulfed in flame. The flicks of fire and ember that burn on you actually turn blackish blue and magic just erupts from your hand. She doesn't even have a chance to dive out of the way or react as she is caught dead center. The couch behind her is just burnt and blackened and blasted and she is knocked backwards that's a smart idea. I think I think, I think you should thank Nate for that residual anger that you have for him. You're welcome. <laughs> Shut yeah. up, you're not conscious. Yeah. Half Saving of your day again. <laughs> oh, and I'm not even doing anything. Half Just emotional scarring, people. Um, I like to think of it as emotional inspiration. There we go. Um, she just... You just hear... <laughs> 
she stands up uh, and she just lunges straight towards you, her talons just lashing straight out. She swings to attack. Yeah. Take nine damage. She oh she leaps across the table, flying over the other couch where Ardith and Nate are kind of, well, Nate's still unconscious and Ardith is kind of like trying not to pee himself in fear from you. <laughs> um, she leaps across in one fluid movement, uh, drives her claws into you, buries herself, and the two of you roll backwards, slamming into a bookshelf. Books and paper and ornaments fall to the ground, and she just swipes across your chest. Can I hellish rebuke? Oh, what did you do? For the listeners at home, Declan has his head in his hands. <laughs> I not one that. Yes. Oh, yes! 2d10 fire damage. Okay, so something that I'm going to be doing at this point is to make... Because we're crit hitting here. Uh, like, mm. Well, she crit failed to resist. So one of those d10s is mm-hmm. just going to be a straight 10. So you're only going to roll one for me plus your... Oh, wait a minute. So I'm casting this at second level? Yeah. Uh-huh. So I get to add a d10. Okay, so you still roll 2d10. I hope there ones. Plus nine. Wow. Plus four, so 13, 23. 23. 23. I am one angry bitch. <laughs> um, so as the second she buries her claws kind of into your shoulders and just above your kind of, it's like she's digging into your clavicle bone, like she's, like she's trying to kind of almost rip you open. The fire around you just uh, enrages even further and it just blasts straight out. She is sent flying backwards. Her her cloth, her hair, her skin, it's all singed and burned. She lets out a, a, a terrifying scream and she falls to the ground, sort of scrambling to her feet. At that exact moment, there's a knock on the door. It's that sort of weird, like, what? <laughs> and you just hear a voice on the other side, um... Master Ardat, um, Mistress Lilu, there's a, a a gentleman here who who wishes to speak to the both of you. You recognise the voice uh, as that of the tabaxi you had met earlier on in the uh, the dining area. Mm-hmm. The, the as the door handle goes to kind of as as the door kind of goes to open, uh, she immediately shifts her form back into human, and she she, she looks at you and gives you like just this furious. I'm going to eat you. Look, runs to the door and just kind of jams it shut. I'll be with you. <clears throat> of course, I'll be with you in, in one moment. Ardet and I must just see to our our other guests. If you, if you, if you wouldn't. And just on the other side of the door, you just hear this thick sort of drawling accent. Now here, Missy, I came all the way down from Tezrab just to see the both of you straight away. I, I ain't got a dark damn moment to wait for you two. Okay? Don't be rude. My mama always said you never keep your guests waiting for nobody. And she's just like, her face is just like, okay, 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 Lilu. And she just kind of composes herself. <clears throat> uh, of, of course, um, Mali, if, if you wouldn't see to some of our, um, if you wouldn't see to our guests, um, maybe, maybe ask a brother or sister to, to help. I, I, I need your attention for the moment. There has been a bit of a, um, if, if you just wouldn't mind, and she kind of opens the door enough just to let, the tabaxi in uh, you see that Ardat has now also kind of shifted into his human form as well but he's still kind of like he's kind of kind of skulking over to to Lilu he's kind of making the sign of the cross at you as well just kind of like <laughs> I'm just really glaring at him like fire uh, in my eyes just like oh and Nate is still unconscious um, yeah. 
Good. It, it, it would seem that um, uh, Nathaniel here had something that disagreed with him and Miss, Miss Festa, I need you to have them brought to the other room. And she kind of just stares at him. And he's, he's like, the other? Oh, for the, the sanctum, bring them to the sanctum. And he, he's just like, oh, oh okay, um, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, uh, and he, he leans out the door and he's just, he, you just hear him kind of grunting at uh, two other, uh, two other pit passersby uh, in the temple and a half elf in the same robes as the tabaxi uh, and an orc uh, come in all wearing these sort of plain, plain mauve brown robes. The orc and the half elf approach you to, uh, uh, to, to grapple you. Give me a strength saving check. <laughs> Ooh, 18. You, like, you kind of get up to struggle and the orc just kind of grabs your arm and twists it kind of behind your back. The half-elf scoop, scoops Nate up into his arms and he's just like, yep, I got him. Do you want to give me a constitution saving throw, Nate, as you're kind of being jostled around it? 18. Okay, so you have recovered to one HP, but you're you're very groggy and sort of you're being scooped up and you kind of... As you open your eyes, it, you kind of like, it's almost like you're about to see, you think you're about to see Ardat and you're like, who the hell is Ardat? Everything is kind of blurry, but you're being carried out. Your arm is being kind of twisted hard behind your back. As you go to pass, um, uh, Lilu kind of just places a hand on your shoulder and squeezes it really tightly. This isn't over. I will take pleasure. I will wear your skin as a scarf. And she just kind of gingerly shoves you out the door. You pass, uh, like, just kind of standing a few feet away from the door. And, you like, light is now kind of starting to kind of break through that kind of fuzziness. You pass a rather peculiarly odd-dressed gentleman. He's he's a dwarf. He's definitely in the, well, the beginning of the, the later years of his life. <laughs> a sandy kind of grey beard. Very, very tidy. What you notice about him, there's two particular things that stand out. He has got the biggest, thickest fluffiest moustache you've ever seen on anybody <laughs> ever and he's wearing a ridiculous 10 gallon hat as you as you're kind of led out he just give me a perception check five he mouths something at you you don't hear it you can't it's kind of a very low whisper as you kind of pass each other but he just gives you a wink we cut back to Thane, Fia and Ariel Ariel has Started to get kind of her her memories back. Um, what are you guys doing? Gee, Fia, what are we doing? You're asking me? We're caught in this place with two crazy people running it. Don't worry, I have three intelligence and also a plan. DM, first thing I'd like to do is use my, um, what do they call it, Hunter's Bane ability to recall as much as I know about these creatures that I saw. What, 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 what was it that revealed them to me again? You know, when I saw through them. It was the fact that she tried to charm, charm you. Yes. And at the same time, then that oily voice in the back of your head spoke up, kind of That's going, right. he's not yours, bitch. I was uh, saying that for the listeners, not for me, who definitely remembered. <laughs> yeah. Um, I gotcha, babes. I yeah. gotcha. Um, so basically what it lets me do is I get an advantage on a wisdom survival check to track fey fiends or undead. And as well as advantage on intelligence checks to recall like information and statistics about yep. them. Give me, give me, give me a roll, good uh, sir. All right, get ready for some. Okay, that sucks, but I have advantage. That sucks even harder. Uh huh. Okay. Um. So for the intelligence one to recall information uh, about them and their stats and stuff, that's like a seventeen, and then the wisdom one is like a ten. And what was the wisdom one to... 
basically to track them to see like where they actually are to to you oh, know, for hunting them yeah kind to of like, like do okay. them yeah um so the <clears throat> the first thing that you were like so with the like trying to recall what you know kind of this is the first chance that you've really started to put your thoughts together on this whole thing and yeah. for some reason you have a very very clear empty mind right now um and it's it's you're trying to remember what you know of, of the succubus and their male counterparts, the incubus. And you recall reading in a tome that they are generally evil in, in, in nature, very selfish creatures. They shapeshift and they possess uh, the ability to charm and control a man or a woman that they have ensnared. They also possess very, very deadly claws and the ability to drain the life out of another being simply by kissing them whoa as for tracking them you you're like you're trying to focus what what was it is it like you 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 begin it's sort of like that's kind of csi moment where it's kind of breaking (laughs) down the evidence and you conjure an image of lilu in your mind her her voice um the way she carries herself, the, the sound of her steps, uh, her sandals against the against the stone. Then you remember the kind of the <clears throat> it's sort of a sandalwood perfume around her, uh, and there are very very faint traces of it in this room. So I'm just sniffing around the place like Wolverine. Is, yep. is that what I'm getting? Okay. What effectively what you've discerned is that she has spent time in this sort of storage area. Ah, I do discern that. Okay. Um. The other thing I'd like to do is because I've uh, I got proficiency with them alchemy supplies. I just want to have a, a, a nose around with the weird love potion yep, and you see can if give I can me, um, figure anything about, about a medicine check. All right, medicine. And since you're using your uh, alchemy tools, you can you can do it with advantage. Nice. And feel while he's what are you doing? Um, I want to. Is the room where they locked up our supplies close by to where we are now? You tried. You recall that was at the gate, right? Uh, so it's at the other end of these grounds entirely. Oh gosh! I got a ten. Okay, it's wet. Yeah, it's it's a liquid <laughs> in a glass. You again? I love how you are in full kind of CSI Miami mode. Um, <laughs> Just pure dumbass. Like mm, this is wet. <laughs> this is some sort of goo. You you squat down and you kind of you p- place like you know your index finger and your middle finger into the goo with your thumb and you kind of give the kind of the consistency of it and it's. It's thicker than water. Taking kind of a sniff of it, the first thing you 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 kind of the, what you really get the strongest kind of notes of it is that it has a familiar sort of health potion type smell to it. There is something else mixed in here, but you cannot discern what it is. Someone's made like moonshine health potions that make you real randy. So yeah, that's what you're kind of. But you don't know what those are. Is this other Magic are. Viagra? Have we just found like a Magic Viagra factory? Is this is this it? Um, I, I take spent seven weeks <laughs> constructing my notes for this, so for you to sit there and just devolve it into Magic <laughs> Factory Viagra is very degrading for us <laughs> and simplifi- the listeners. <laughs> I've simplified it for our listeners. But who yes, might be at the gym right yeah. now. <laughs> uh, yes. So Dermot is aware that yeah. yeah uh, is there lots of it in this room, by the way? Have we, like, stumbled into a storeroom of it, or is it just, like, you random recall, bits? You had, you had come in, and Ariel had a box of this. Mm. Looking through the other bits and pieces is going to require you doing kind of an investigation check. Mm. Fia is sort of comforting Ariel, okay. who's kind of in... She's not hysterical yet, but she's definitely... Like, you can see that she's... Having, having, a, bad having a hard time. Um, I also want to kind of 
look around and maybe kind of see if I can peer out the door to see if there's anyone in the hallways or that because in the back of my mind I'm just thinking about finding Hephaesta and Nate if this is going as bad as I think it is. Okay. Uh, give me a perception check. And it's... <clears throat> Ten. Okay. Um, you don't see the hallway that you came down through is still empty. Um, you go out, out under the cliff face where this, if you remember, this temple is kind of constructed under a hill. Out, uh, out into the gardens, you can see a few of the other brothers and sisters uh, within the, the convent or the temple um, sort of milling around doing their business, but you don't see Hephaestus or Nate. I turn to, to um, Thane and I say, um, we need to find the others. Like, this is not a good situation to be in right now. No, it's actually really, really bad. I don't like anything that's happened so far. I told you I hate this place. But um, no, I think we should uh, get as much as we can out of here because uh, whatever those two creatures were, succubi, I think. Uh, ooh, they're going to hurt us. Uh, hurt us real bad if we try and mess with them. And they're probably already hurting the other two. We need to We need to go. Um, hey. And Ariel just kind of stops as the, as the two of you speak. They don't hurt you they they take and you can just see her eyes are kind of flicking back and forth as she's trying to piece together her memories they take you somewhere and they 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 there there's a pool and there's a they they were chanting and i i remember i remember feeling best feeling in the world and then I was just so tired and then there was nothing and then I was I was here and and, and, and the two of you were here and I, I, I just I just want to go home I just I just, I just want to see my husband okay well we're it's gonna okay. do yeah it's totally fine you can keep put all your robes and everything and, and and look prim and proper and you head out the main gate you remember the way home just tell them that you're on um, a special pickup for Lilu and Ardet, and you can and you can take this crate with all the vials, and I take all the vials out and keep them, because uh, you need to go restock. And if anyone questions you, just tell them smell you later, and you'll be fine. Where is this pool? Do you remember? I don't know. I, 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 I don't know how I got into this room. Okay, it's okay. Yeah. I think straighten up. Look like you're still kind of one of them and make your way out the gate, like Thane said, and go back home to Giles, where you'll be safe. I reluctantly uh, hand her one of my daggers. Of the two daggers that I have left, like I'm severely handicapping myself here, but I give her one of my daggers and I say, look, if you get into trouble, here's a dagger in case, you know, a wolf or a murderous succubi comes at you. And, and when you say suck you by her eyes, she's kind of widen in kind of fear. The tears that had been kind of rolling down her face, she just kind of, she wipes away with the uh, the sleeve of her robes and she kind of tucks the dagger into it. I am, um, I took an amateur dramatics class in the Y a few years ago, so maybe that will stand to me. Uh, and she, she leans in to give you a, a hug uh, thing and then she kind of gets really, really embarrassed because she just remembers what she was doing a few I moments ago. I give her ago. like the one arm like around and give her like a little light pound. I'm like, um, yeah, you're welcome. And she hugs you as well, Fia. And she just, she kind of bows and she just kind of tucking her, her two hands into the sleeves, gripping the dagger with her left hand. She, she bows and she kind of scuttles out the door. You hear her footsteps kind of slapping against the, the tiles, uh, the stone tiles. Um, and then it's just the two of you in the room. I think we should go and start looking for the others. We definitely should. Are there cult robes in here? You can give me... Are you, are you both just kind of 
you're yeah. Yeah, Fia, you're searching this room. Yeah, yeah. Fia, okay. We'll do a quick. We'll do a quick one over. See if there's anything we can get because clearly these people are up to some bad juju. Yeah, sounds and good. We'll get some things. So investigation. Yep. Okay. So you both give me investigation checks. Okay. Fifteen. Twelve. Okay. You don't find any of the robes. You don't find anything. Maybe you a hat. That is, no, you don't find even a, a simple decorative hat. You go. You head back down to the end of this this storeroom, right? Where those cupboards were. And all these cupboards are locked, but there on the desk, you think you find a rather large, heavy, leather-bound ledger. Fia, you come across this uh, a few moments later. Uh, rifling through it, you can see that this is sort of a manifest of the supply room. Fia, something about it looks a little off. You have thieves can't, don't you? Yes. Give me an intelligence check with advantage. Sixteen. It's not even. It's not even that it's written differently, or it's a language that you like. It, it's more about the way in the margins and in the columns of the ledger. There, it's just things are slightly off, and it reminds you a little bit of the books your brother uh, in Burbage and Sons would have kept. And you can't quite remember why he was doing it like that, but. You're able to break the the cipher, like it's very, very similar to what he was using. And you recognize, not that you know these people, but you recognize some of the names. Some of these names are quite important, influential uh, aristocrats from Tezrab and even further afield uh, in the kingdom of Vizaj. A list of clients who have gotten, and it's, it, it's not, it's, what you see is virility potion. Where, where it says health, it, it, it isn't health. It's it's saying the word virility. The way the way it's written, and it, there's a set of figures beside these, and some are in black, some are in red, some have a skull beside them, and there are notes written about who ordered it, whether it was the wife or the husband or the husband's mistress. This isn't just some stockroom manifest. There's this is someone's blackmail uh, records. So I kind of I I. I recall it to Thane. So. Oh, we found a dirty book. We found yeah. people's dirty book. And these are some influential people's names that are in here. I've heard of none of these people. Yeah, I kind of have. Okay. But who, who, like who? It, it, it doesn't matter, but just know that these, these people Dear are... Dear O'Neill's written here <laughs> and it says he stocked four potions. <laughs> um, I was just buying them for my friends. And there's, there's nothing else listed there about the vials themselves. No, it's just the amount they bought and who bought it. Can I... Do I still have my thieves' tools or were they taken? Um, again, they're, they're, they'd be on you. They took weapons. They didn't take, take anything that. that looked like... Okay. Can I try open one of these locked lockers that are behind us? Um, yeah. Okay. Uh, as she does that, I, I make sure that Fia takes the book because like, Fia, you should definitely hang on to this. The table that it was on, is it just like, you know, a standard run-of-the-mill table? Yeah. Oh, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna quickly break it in half and, like, make it look like it was burned and broken as if the book was destroyed. Okay. Again, CSI shit. Okay. Is what's, is staging what's a crime on. scene. Yeah. Okay. So, crimes. give me um, a sleight of hand check to pick the lock here. And... You, like, yeah, just, it's just straight up, just smashing the table, just hitting stuff. Can I roll to hit stuff? You can roll to hit stuff if you wish. Um, 14. You, you try a couple of different uh, picks uh, and tools within, um, within the kit that you have. The lock, it's nothing that you've used before. Uh, It's nothing you've seen before. Dang it. Uh, It doesn't, 
it doesn't actually click in, into place. Okay. Um, Thane, as you are smashing that table up real good, you can you do Nate and Festa. If you want to give me perception checks as well, what are your what's your passive perception? Uh, my passive perception is a fourteen, and my passive investigation is a fifteen. My passive perception is fifteen. So you're a little, you're a little bit too busy smashing stuff up. Yeah. But Thea, again, it's just you know from being in uh, your brother's company. Behind one of the cupboards that you were you're kind of trying to pick the lock at, yeah. you can actually just see a crack uh, in the wall. More, you kind of hear a whistling of a breeze that's yes. kind of coming from nowhere, yeah. and that gets your attention. And you look, and you can see it tucked away behind this. There is there's something hidden here. Okay, I kind of snap my fingers at Tane to grab his attention and point at him what I found. Tane's okay. head pulls up like a dog, as if he just heard a whistle on the wind and <laughs> runs over. What you guys roll? Uh, nat one, but I also have a minus one in perception, so oh, zero. Oh. Oblivious to the world around you. <laughs> and 18. Oh, well, um, the, the guy who's half asleep knows exactly more, what's going on. It's more that you are sort of still enraged and afraid and confused than, than anything else, but you definitely, in the hallway ahead of you that you're, you're being kind of carried down, they haven't copped that you're awake yet. I rolled twice. These are the worst guards they could have possibly sent. <laughs> they haven't copped to the fact that you're awake yet. You just heard something get smashed violently. I've tried to grab Thane's attention over to this crack in the wall that I found. Yep. Like, hey, look at this. Oh, that's a crack Is there any the way wall. I can open it or You can give me you can give me a strength check. Oh. Okay. I will I will help her with that. Okay, so you get advantage on it. Yes. Nat twenty. Yeah boy. <laughs> well it's a magical door and it doesn't open it. <laughs> This is a legendary door. It's actually a 50 row. <laughs> <laughs> well, you were close enough. <laughs> um, both of you met, like, so Fia, you t- you, you're able to kind of wedge your fingers just kind of between the back of the cupboard and the wall enough to kind of pull it a little bit. Uh, and then, then you're able to get your hands around as well. The, the two of you uh, managed to pull the, the cupboard back. And as you do, it actually, it rotates slightly, almost like it's on a disc. And the cupboard kind of rolls outwards and th- in front of you there is a winding staircase down into the dark secret door you go first no i'm just kidding i'll go first <laughs> you are shoved through a door and you find yourself standing in a uh, a storeroom then the guards follow in you're being gingerly carried by the the half elf and <laughs> they're standing in front of a an open secret door our thane and yeah. I Friends. immediately cast magic stone and throw three stones at these guards right in the face. Okay. I really wish that we you'd forgotten that you had those stupid fucking pebbles. <laughs> yeah, I, lo- I love magic stone. It's just it's just the Dennis the Menace. I'm also. <laughs> you can you can roll for this. Um, okay. <clears throat> so I just do this like the moment they come in. Meanwhile, back in the in their private room uh, and their meeting chambers Lilu and Ardat are set on two kind of small little armchairs uh, Magukut is kind of looking at this very <laughs> charred very broken for us what <laughs> Magukut <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, well, it gets worse the more you say it yeah. and then it gets better uh, so he he's kind of He's kind of playing a little bit ignorant to the, you know, the, the charred remains of the, of the couch and the, the overturned bookshelf. And he kind of sits on the edge of, of uh, a small little table that has a few chairs kind of around it. So, 
I reckon I should probably introduce myself to the both of you. My name is Artur McGuckus. I come to you fine folks as you pair have been highly recommended. Your product, your healing potions. He winks. (laughs) (laughs) I happen to be prescribed one of them by a doc friend of mine. Now, let's just say things in the bedroom with Mrs. McGucket haven't been a bit slow lately. And it being our 30th anniversary, I need to show the wife I still had some life left in my... In me. In me. In life, some McGucket. life left in me. So I took one of your healing potions. And did it ever pack a punch? A real pick-me-up, a hold-me-up, a keep-me-up. Up, up, and away. I say I've never, ever felt... Well, let's just say it worked, okay? Uh, now, I don't want you lot getting offended. I did some work, and every time he kind of takes a breath, that Lilu, an artist, tried to kind of, or Lilu, at, at the very least, tries to kind of cut in. I did some work on sourcing it, and I found you two and your gig. And I reckon... No, wait... Hang on a second. There's a bit more here that we have to go back over. I'm getting ahead of myself. I best start from the start and fill in the blanks, so to speak. I come by Tezrab nearly 30 years ago. Nope, 40 years now. And I reckon... See, I was fixing to the nomadic merchant lifestyle, as was the style at the time. See, the world sells some wares to find folk, acquire new and interesting products, a charm life, so they'd say. You see, my father used to... Lilu just completely rolls her eyes and smiles. Ardat is 100% invested in Arthur McGucket's story. <laughs> we cut back to Dane, who's about to throw some No, I was so wrapped up in the fiction of his story. <laughs> Tell I me fucking, more. I fucking love McGucket. Can I also say as well, my favourite bit of that entire tirade was you, like, several times, like, into the microphone, winking. Yeah. <laughs> Yes, actually. I just don't like, understand this medium. <laughs> so like, no, but I love the intention. Like, you, you were like, got to do it for the audio listener. ASMR <laughs> uh, wink. Yeah. My eyelashes are a flutter. Oh, there is. You'll listen back. There is like a 10 second just silent pause and you are just winking. You're not saying anything. <laughs> you need to put in that wink sound. Like, you know, yeah. like, I really get into character, okay? Yeah. It's called dedication. <laughs> All right, let's roll. Let's let's roll these stones. Um, one is uh, a seven, a sixteen, and a twenty-one. Okay, so the seven is going to miss, and that's going to miss the the tabaxi. Okay. The the other two rolls hit. Okay. So give me damage. All right, that is a uh, six and a seven. Oh Jesus! Yes. And I just just <laughs> pew pew. Yeah. Um, stones. They they both drop instantly. Nate, you fall to the ground. <laughs> uh, you're dropped as well. Just these three pebbles just shoot like you just literally. It's it's kind of like you flick them, and they soar um, through the shelves. Is it uh, like Magneto in X Men Two? Yes, it's it's exactly like Magneto yes. uh, in X Men Two. <laughs> no. One of them misses and just kind of bounces off the wall and hits the shelf and is buried in 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 the the wood uh, and timber. The other two hit both guards straight on into the middle of their foreheads <laughs> and they fall straight into the room. The tabaxi is just like, he just... Ah, 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 you I'm... better not move or there's another stone for you. Okay. Yeah. And he's just, why am I doing this? <laughs> why am I holding my no, hand? 
hands up. I'm immersed in the fiction. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> so he just throws his hands up into the air in case I didn't make that clear for anyone listening. <laughs> as I hold my hands up in the air. <laughs> I just don't okay. care. <laughs> you're just like, well, you're... well. <laughs> Yeah, he shoots both his hands straight up into the air and just kind of a complete and total panic. Go in the corner. Yeah. And he just goes over into the corner. He's just used to getting bossed around. He goes over into the corner. Festa, nice to see you again. Nate, you look like shit. Um, will one of you close the door? So you, Nate, you've, you've awoken to all of this yeah. with literally no clue as to what's... Uh, the last thing you remember is Ardap kissing you and wanting to kiss him back. Yeah. And then you wake up after a half-wood elf kind of carries you out of the room and now drops you uh, as he lies unconscious on the ground. The tabaxi kind of shuts the door and then he goes over into the corner. His hands are still held up over his head. Yeah, I want to, I want to search the wood out for weapons. Okay. I, keep, I keep pointing at the tabaxi like, oh, if you even, there's going to be stoned. Like, they just come out of nowhere. You better watch out. <laughs> yeah. He's, just, he's, <laughs> he's shaking. Yeah. His little tail is twitching. Kind of cute. The, he's actually really adorable. He's like a, a little grey tabaxi. Oh, he's really cute. Um, is he short and fat? How dare you? He's just like a little, like, you know, the one No, no, he's, he's a kind of a, a bit of a scrawny runt. God you God. find the, the, the two guards that were kind of, are, they, have, they both have spears. The, the tabaxi had, he had no weapon. I pick up a spear because I'm proficient in it and... Uh, <laughs> okay, yeah. I am proficient at picking this up. <laughs> Check it out, guys. I know how to use a spear. Uh, I, I, I hold the other one up to see if either... Nate or, or Nate are proficient. Are you proficient in this? Uh, <laughs> if they want it, I didn't sheet. say anything about proficient. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks very much. Fia just shows up like, "Hey, want a spear? Want a spear? Hey, it's, it's a simple weapon, yeah. Uh, spears are simple weapons, yeah. I think so. Come on, I'll grab it. All We're just going to say it's a simple spear. Yeah. Yeah. Can I can I have a little look around for like a health potion or something? Um, you can if you want to give me an investigation check. You can. Yeah. Uh, so twenty-one. Okay. <laughs> you don't find like you know ye olde jar of healing potions (laughs) but you do come across a little medicine kit and in it you can see some dried preserved good berries Uh, there are five in it so if you eat if you take the five you'll recover five health I'll neck those neck those please (laughs) he'll just look over and Nate is just gorging himself on berries (laughs) (laughs) just shoving berries into your face (laughs) (laughs) don't look at me Uh, yeah so you yeah you you just chomp into these um, and yeah you, you recovered five health we also found Ariel. She's on her way back to Giles. Yeah, we did actually save her. Yeah. That was actually kind of nice. Yeah. Unless she gets like horribly murdered on the way back. But, like, oh, that's, don't say that. That's kind of out of our hands. You know, we did our best. What did you do? Like, you got her out? Yeah, we... Um, we um, yeah. I gave her a dagger so she could protect herself because it's a dangerous world out there. And she remembered the way home. So we were just like, off you go. Because really, no one else knows that anything bad has happened. I don't know if these guys will just let her leave. Uh, that's out of our hands. Well, there's not much we can do in the way of fighting. We don't have much of our stuff. I point uh, at that's the, what you think. Yeah. I point at the tabaxi with the spear and I'm like, will people let her out? I mean, probably. He's just like, <laughs> Everyone here is really nice most of the time. Yeah, most of the time I is what we're know. learning. Take us back to get our weapons. I don't know if we should just be parading through. Look, uh, no, I, as in you, take them you, and get out of here. No, we can't let this guy leave. We can't leave this place because if we go out with spears and stuff, they'll look at us and be like, hey, why did you guys leave? And then the other mean people will be like, hey, why did you leave? And then we're going to get killed. I just don't think I can show my face outside of this room at the moment, at very least. Things did not go well in there, so. Oh, like, like bad, bad? 
like, and I point at all the horrible gashes across my body. <laughs> you still look better than Nate. It's fine. He's well, yeah, yeah course, you are like, like so kind of Hephaestus kind of like, uh, duh, like just kind of <laughs> pointing at, at, at like the wound on her, like in her shoulders. <laughs> I wasn't going to say anything. I thought it was just a brave new style choice. So what do you want to do? Do you want to stop these people or do you want to get out of here? Well, I mean, I'd love to leave, but we're not going out the front yeah, yeah, door. So like mm, this nice um, little secret door you found might be. Hephaestus, Hef- Hef- you, as you were like, you know, we, we can't exactly leave. You just see um, kind of underneath the shelves, just a, plume of like violet and purple smoke just kind of wafting around and it grows somewhat kind of round and bulbous and then kind of into an hourglass shape and then standing there in just full get up uh, is Eve and she just she just kind of she's just fixing the back of her hair as she just appears and she just kind of runs kind of just her fine thin spindly chubby fingers um but don't you ever say the word chubby around her um <laughs> through her uh, through her hair and it was like well done dearie it seems you might be a teensy bit outmatched here though and she pouts yeah i i would say you didn't warn me very well what i was getting into no 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 i told you there was a succubus and an incubus and their deranged followers. Yeah, well, I guess I underestimated. That's not my problem, dearie, but I do have some good news. I do have the bestest of news for you. I've an old friend keeping those two wannabe demonic entrepreneurs busy. And I have a new job for you, seeing as how you probably would get killed in the process of trying to kill them. Yeah. Let's just say if we can't kill them, we can at the very least take out their means of operation. I've received word that those two are selling knockoff love and lust potions. I can't have them muscling in on my turf. Find their sanctum, destroy whatever it is that they're using to concoct these diluted, watered-down, amateurish cocktails of virility, and you may have to kill one or two little horny zealots on the way. Okay. Okay. You okay? Oh. And the smoke just kind of billows away, and you, as, as quickly as it had happened, it, not even a moment has passed as the other, you see the others are kind of like checking out the weapons and stuff like that. Uh, so, love potions? They exist? Here? Somewhere? Have you seen... I'm assuming that this is what they are on the shelves in this room. Yeah, I pick, I, pick, I picked up a few. Cool. Let's just wreck the place and go. Okay. Uh, we come back to McGucket. Then I came by the way of the Kingdom of Visage. But you don't want to hang around there a lot, let me tell you that. But all the same, I had a fine time. See, folk from Visage... They don't know how to tell a joke. Fancy themselves as intellectual types. You never been visage? That's what they call it around there. Try saying visage ten times fast. Reckon you can't do it. McGucket attempts to do it. Visage, 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 visage. Just, you just can't do it. Uh, Arda then tries to do it. Uh, <laughs> Lilu just <clears throat> snaps. She's just like... <clears throat> and then just kind of refers to... Mr. McGucket, um, you're most welcome, it seems. You have a flair for conversation, but... My brother and I, we are rather busy 
I reckon you're real busy, Missy. Couldn't help notice folk around here real happy. Real quiet too, but real happy all the same. But you know what would make them even happier? Money. And you know how you, you know what, you, you guys, you guys are onto a winning number right here. Let me tell you that. But I think you could really ramp this up. I'm thinking marriage counseling. I'm thinking sexy retreats. I'm thinking workshops and finding your inner tantric core. I think, I figure you lot could use my help, my connections, and my wily charms to even reach bigger customers. Not just old farts in the need of a virility potion, mind you. I mean, not that people need it. Reckon it's smart too, smelling it like medicines. Real clever. We can, we can, we could probably jack those prices up too. See, I was like, like I was saying, what, what, what was I saying? And then Arjet reminds him that he was talking about Visage. And Magoka kind of just slaps his knee. See, someone around here is listening to this old fool. And in sales, the number one rule is you always listen. Listening to the customer. Listening to their wants. The last thing you want to be doing is just ramming your product down their throat. Write that down, Arjet. Don't be ramming your product down anybody's throat. And Arjet just kind of starts to look around the desk for, like, for a piece of paper and something to write it down. Rule two. Sell fast, sell hard, sell smart. Or know when to hold them, know when to fold them. Like, my papi used to always, or my, my papi-in-law used to always say, a bird in the hand is worth two in the bush. He was a sea captain turned merchant. He trails off again on a completely other, entirely different tangent about sea captains and the merchant navy. Lilu just slumps back into her chair, somewhat defeated, and just rubbing her temples with her two middle fingers uh, and size. We cut back to the four of you. Yeah, I take my spear and I point it at the tabaxi, and I'm just like, "You, where does that go?" And I point at the stairs. Oh, um, that's <clears throat> Lilu and Ardat had. It's the sanctum of Gamura. Okay, who's that? It's just what they call the place. It makes it sound fancier than it actually is. It's just a hole with some water, and they. They perform some sort of ritual. I, I'm not really involved in it. I just, I help find people. Do you know what the ritual does? They, they siphon a lot of people's strong feelings. They're, um, and he just sort of like, he swallows really, really hard and kind of just grabs the kind of the, the, the collar of his, of his robe and just kind of tweaks it a little bit. Um, they bottle their passion is the way they put it. So that's what happened to Ariel and why she couldn't remember how she got here. So she's done pissed me off. I think we should wreck that. Yeah. Wreck this place and just like. Just get gone. Burn wreck everything on the way out. Wait, did you find. Wait, Nate. Hang on. Did you find Eugenia? Sorry. Oh, I was told she's not here. I guess they might not be able to be trusted, but. Were you. Yeah, were you told by the lying, cheating, horrible demon yeah. people? The, the, the tabaxi kind of just. I say he puts up his hands, his hands are still up, but yeah. he slightly lowers one to make it look like he's trying to speak. <laughs> he waves a little bit. Um, <laughs> um, I, I, I'm responsible for taking records of, of all our visitors and the brothers and sisters who join us, and we have nobody here by that name, I I promise. Anyone here by the name? Did we try the Raven Direheart thing? We yes, you, you gave me both names, and no. I, I tell the the tabaxi to put his hands he can put his hands down and, oh he just uh, shoots them straight down yeah and then i tie them up um, <laughs> for a second there he was like oh they're gonna free me and then you tie him up and he's just defeated again yeah. yeah no 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 funny business out of Little you pat mister on the head. <laughs> yeah i guess should we br- you can close your ears for a second should we bring this little guy down with us he, like he tries to cure close his ears just kind of like uh, <laughs> 
Oh yeah, no, we can't leave him alone. Okay. We should block the door as well. We could block the door with him. Mm-mm. He, he don't look too no. sturdy. Uh, I'm not. I kind of poke his tummy. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, it's all wiggly bits. Um, wiggle, 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 wiggle. Yeah. Excuse you. Watch <laughs> <laughs> uh, your mouth now. <laughs> no back talk. <laughs> look at that little puddle. Yeah. <laughs> little cutie. Come on, guys. Puddle. Yeah, no, I'll just start like pushing whatever tables and like barrels are in here just to like block the door. Okay. You're making kind of a little blockade. Yeah, yeah. just a wee one. Okay. Well, too bad you go smashed down. up that table. <laughs> yeah, that t- I mean, I mean, I did like smash it up into splinters, and not the Hulk. Like, I mean, I, like I'll take the bits from it and use that. You know. You oh, yes, you're you're, just, you're just basically just trying to block the store, kind of jamming it. Yeah. Can just, I pocket some of the potions as well? No, I already took all the ones Ariel had. The the then a few, most of those actually, I'll give you a roll to see what you did manage to save. You have one. Okay, <laughs> that's fine. No, no. Thane has one. Has one. I have one. You have one. Because if you remember, she dropped the box and a lot of stuff broke. So you have one of these oh. potions in it. The shelves were not stocked with anything that looks like The rest is all locked yeah. up. Okay. So do you want to go down and destroy the, dice, the sanctum and the thing? The dice take it away. <laughs> yeah, I think we should. Okay. So we're going, to, we're going to make our way down and destroy whatever they're using to do this to people. Okay. Um, okay. Where do we put our cat tabaxi friend i feel like he cat. comes with us yeah no but i mean like in like do we put him in the middle of us we put him uh, at the front yeah, i don't no, want to put him middle, in the front middle. where does he fit in this dynamic group <laughs> <laughs> right in the middle our new fifth beetle <laughs> okay the, the the five of you start to head down through uh, the passageway and the steps are, are, are shallow but steep um, and it slopes down very, very quickly. As you pass through the threshold, um, each of you feels just sort of an energy kind of... It's that sort of like... It, you don't have to... It's just kind of a sixth sense kind of thing that you everyone kind of has and you get kind of... There is something down here. It's that sort of... You know, when you feel like eyes on you, uh, watching you, that you get, it's that sort of same sense that's kind of ki- kicking in. We cut back to McGucket, um, and Lilu is now bundled up on the chair that she was sitting on, just kind of groaning slightly. Ardat is yawning, and McGucket is still full around. And that about sums up the 76 rules of sales. Now, we are getting a little bit sidetracked here, y'all. The wife always says, she says, Arthur, you talk the hind legs off a sow. And you know what I says to her? I says, well, I've been talking all these years, Mrs. McGucket, and you're still walking. Oh, that always gets her laughing. That, she she loves that one she does now. She gets mighty furious too when I say it, but she she, she loves it all the same. Arda and Lilu just kind of look at him, just kind of like, oh, is this, is this over yet? And, um... As he kind of goes to speak again, Lilo just kind of stands up very like, <clears throat> Mr. McGucket, I've been able to piece something from your rant. I mean, colourful tirade. And I, I, I've deduced you wish to help us with our product. We've already got, and she stops mid-sentence, and Ardot stands up at the exact same time, and both of them turn their heads very, very slowly westwards in the direction of the room and the sanctum and the passageway that you've all just crossed.
You were listening to Romancing the Dungeon. A very special thanks to Fiona Mooney for the inspiration for Arthur McGucket, our somewhat erectile dysfunction-having dwarf wannabe salesman of the year. One of my favourite things as a DM is trying to roleplay three characters uh, all in the same room together. Uh, it's great fun. With none of your players. With none of my players. Yeah, no one else involved. Just me talking to myself in different funny voices. Uh, it's what I'll be remembered for. If you enjoyed listening to this podcast uh, and you started here, well, if you started here, this is kind of weird. You should go back to episode one and listen there. Make sure to check us out at Romancing the Dungeon. You'll find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And do check out our community group at Romancing the Dungeon Daters. Special thanks to Martin Ryan for our very, very awesome theme song. And you can find Martin the Freshman Ryan on Facebook as well. Am I missing anything else? Oh yeah, it, this has just been so hard. We've, I've kind of forgotten what we're supposed to do at the end of these episodes. Um, thanks so much for listening. We'll be back in two weeks, hopefully. I don't want to press our luck, but hopefully see you guys again in two weeks' time. Yay. Later, daters. Oh, <laughs> no, no. no. You're welcome. Oh. Out. <laughs>